Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I, I want to get into the Word today, and... Uh... The word is, there's an attempt to dismantle the things that are written in the Bible. And, uh, and I want you to know that like, I believe in everything written in the Bible. There, there's nothing that I think, well, I don't know about that part. Uh, I, I believe it. I believe it. And, and I believe that um, it actually would make our lives better if we would all live by it. And so, uh, I, I hope that, that, uh, that you feel the same way about God's word. I believe it is God's word for our lives. Uh, and I think that's, that's why we're here is we, we want God's word to transform us and to change us. And, um, and so we're going to look at today, we're going to look at, uh, a book in the Bible, Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. And we're going to look to Genesis chapter 32, and we're going to look to a guy named Jacob. Somebody say Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Look at somebody and say Jacob, Jacob. Look at somebody and say, is your name Jacob? Is your name Jacob? Do we have any Jacobs in the building today? Any at all? Any Jacobs? Uh, I wouldn't raise your hand because I'm about to talk about Jacob, but there's a few of you. There's a few Jacobs. And um, if, if you knew, if you know anything about the Jacob of the Bible, his life and his family life was like a Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Does anybody have a family like that? How many of you, like your family literally could be on Jerry Springer show? Yep. I know I've got one of those families too. And to give you some background, Jacob was Abraham's grandson. So Abraham he had Isaac and then Isaac has Jacob, right? And so uh, Jacob was Abraham's grandson. His, pa- his parents were Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca. Somebody say Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca. And Jacob had a twin brother and his name was Esau. Esau, right? And so this is where it gets wild. Because all oh, that's cool. But like in Genesis chapter 25, if you rewind seven chapters, it says that Jacob's daddy, Isaac loved Esau. And then his mama, Rebecca loved Jacob. Like how many know that's messed up? You didn't react like I thought you might. So maybe this is going on in your own house. I don't know. Like I don't love one of my three child children more than the other. If you do, that's messed up. And so this is already messed up. And, And the Bible also says Esau was the firstborn twin And because he was the firstborn twin, Esau would receive the birthright and the the, the blessing of his father. And so this was a big deal, a big deal. It was beyond inheritance. It was power. It was authority. It was wealth. This was a really big deal. But what happened was his brother Jacob was a jealous (laughs) and greedy brother. Does anybody have any siblings like that? Like jealous and greedy. And Jacob wanted 
the birthright and the blessing. And so in order to get his father's inheritance, he was going to have to do some shady stuff. Like he was going to have to cheat his brother and his father out of this deal. And he was going to have to be crooked and he was going to have to be like, you know, snaky about this thing because they weren't going to just give it away. Right. And so here's where the story gets wild, even more wild than wild is wild is that one day Esau comes home from hunting all day long. He's been hunting all day. And the Bible says that he's tired and that he's famished and he walks in the house and he smells the aroma of this amazing stew that Jacob is making. And he's like, yo, what Jake, you made the stew like the stew. Can I have some stew, bro? I am tired. I'm famished. I've been hunting all day in the fields. Jacob, can I have some of that stew? And Jacob, a smart dude, he says, you can have some of this stew if you sell me your birthrights as the firstborn. Now, I have a question before we continue on. How many of you would say that's a bad deal for Esau to make? Raise your hand if you think that's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. That's not a good deal. He did not read Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal for sure. That's a bad deal. Like, that's a deal you should not take, right? A bowl of stew for my entire inheritance. Not a good idea. But Esau is so hungry and so famished, he's so tired that he makes the deal. He trades his birthright and his blessing for a bowl of stew. And and listen, I, I, I just had a thought for you as we get going today. And the thought is, you should never... Somebody say never. never. Ever. Somebody say ever. ever. Trade. Ever trade a moment of pleasure for a lifetime of pain. Ever. You should not make that deal. Do not trade God's favor for a feeling. Do not trade God's purpose for a person. <laughs> Do not trade a bowl of stew for the blessings of God. And I can tell you, man, listen, the devil's always, 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 say always, always, always got a bowl of stew waiting for you. He never doesn't have a bowl of stew waiting for you. Caleb, I need your help. Come here, Caleb. Jump up here. Bring all that sexiness up here, bro. Come on. Come on, Caleb. Jump up on stage. I know you got the athleticism. This is my guy, Caleb, with the five-inch shorts on. <laughs> Caleb owns Glory Gain. So ho- hold on. And Caleb, Caleb is, uh, man, he's been, he's been good to me. They've been training me over there at Glory Gains. I got some, I got to have you hold something because, hold on, I got some, I got a bowl of stew. <laughs> this is your bowl of stew, okay? And don't act like. You've never traded your birthright for a bowl of stew because you have. Because I have. We all have. At one point or another, we have traded. (laughs) Scott, stop taking a picture and a video. I need you. Get up here. Come on. Jump up here, Scotty. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We ain't got all day. I got a sermon to preach. This is, this is, this is, here, hold on. Because, you know, you never know what the bowl of stew could be. Let's, Let's see what you are. You are... 
you're a cheater. Okay. So Scott's a cheater. Yours is just in general. You traded your birthright away for Stu. You traded away because you cheated on something. And then, um, um, Jared, get up here. Come on. Don't act Jared. Come here, Jared. We're just going to do the whole glory gains crew. Jump up here. Come on. Come on. Especially rocking that shirt right there. Yep. 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 Just stand next to your, your, your traders over there. Let's see what you got. Scott, let's figure out what you know. Oh, you know, this is it right here. (laughs) Hey, let's close in prayer. (laughs) And so, so I got more bowls. Let's see if I want to use these bowls. No, I don't. So this is what the devil does because he's always got a bowl of stew ready for you, right? And the bowl of stew is ultimately, here's the ultimate idea of the bowl of stew is that I got this bowl of stew and it's really about compromising. And it's really about compromising in the moment when I'm tired, when when I'm weak, when, man, I I don't want to trade my birthright. I don't want to trade my blessing. I want to trade my future that God has for me. But I'm, I'm in a moment right now. And the devil knows all about that moment. The devil is literally waiting for the moment. He's got your bowl of stew and he's waiting. He's waiting. Laser focus on that moment that you go, man, yeah, I'll compromise. I need that in my life, at least right now. And what the devil does is, is he tries to minimize the aftermath of sin, you know? He tries to be like, it's no big deal. But then when you do it, he tries to maximize it and tell you, I can't believe you did that. So on the front side, he's like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. On the back side, it's like, you've, you're a loser. You should be ashamed of yourself. I can't believe you would do that. And that's his trick. And he's been doing it for thousands of years. And so my question to you is, what's the bowl of stew in front of you today that's tempting you to compromise everything that God has for you? This is what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be alert and of sober mind. It says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Right? It says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. But he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so this ain't even what I'm preaching on today. This is just, this isn't even the intro. This is just the intro to the intro. So I want you to do me a favor. Give my bowl of stew people a round of applause. We'll put it back in there. And, 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 and Jared and Scott, you can go. But I need Caleb to stay here with me for a minute. I need, I need, I need Caleb to stay here. Don't hurt yourself on your way down. It's funny because Jacob cheats his brother, right? And, and then that's just half of it. 
he now has to trick his father. Do you guys know this story? So he's got to trick his father. Well, how do I trick my daddy? How? Well, you remember where it says that Rebecca loved Jacob. (laughs) So she's like, Jakey, I'll help you. Trick my husband. And there are some marriages like that. Very messed up. Right? Jake, I'll help you trick daddy. And the Bible says that Esau... Well, he was a very hairy dude. Like, you know it's hairy if the Bible's like, he was hairy. (laughs) Brother was hairy. And so, Rebecca has this idea. She's like, yo, your daddy's blind. Isaac's blind. He can't see anything. But we can pretend that you are Esau if we just make you really hairy. And so, I decided to pick on Caleb because... He is the opposite of Harry. He is, Caleb owns a gym. He shaves his whole body. I mean, it's, and so, (laughs) so what the Bible says she does, give me your, give me your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible says (laughs) that Rebecca puts goat skins on Caleb's hands and Around his neck. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I don't know. This thing's just going everywhere. I'm sorry about your shirt. It's, it's just hairs everywhere. So, so, and the Bible says, you know, Isaac's blind, you know? So, Isaac's sitting in his bedroom. <laughs> and... <laughs> And she's like, if you just go, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jacob pretending he's Isaac is in front of his father and his father's like, now, wait a second. Are you sure that's you? Yeah, dad, it's me. (laughs) Esau. And his dad's like, you sound like Esau though. Not, I mean, you sound like Jacob though. Not Esau. He's like, no, dad, it's me. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is you, son. <laughs> and and then it's crazy because then then in that moment, Isaac gives his blessing to Esau or to Jacob. I'm sorry. Right? He gives him his blessing. So at this point, he now has the birthright and the blessing. This isn't even what I'm preaching on either. Tell somebody this is not what he's preaching on. Tell somebody it's not what he's preaching on. Hey, I'm done with my props. And would you give Caleb a round of applause? Poor guy's going to have... Thanks, bro. Love you. And, and, and I mean it. These guys, this whole, this whole second row, every week is like glory gains, people. And uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. They, they all, they train me, they feed me, they take good care of me. I'm alive and doing well in large part because of what they do for me. Now make no mistake. I don't like it. Some people are like, you like working out now? I'm like, no, I don't ever, not ever. I don't like it. I like when I'm done, but I'm not like, this is fun. Like it's not my thing, but it's gotta be my thing now. Cause I don't want to die. So I told you this is like a, Jerry Springer show. 
But you know what I think of when I read all of this? When I read this whole story, I think it sounds like modern day living. Because people will do anything to get that money in life. People will do anything to get ahead in life. People will cheat people. People will do anything to get that promotion. People will do anything to win a political race. Right? Like Jacob does his own brother and his own father dirty. For what? For earthly, worldly, temporary things of this world. One of the things I love about our good God One of the things I love about God is that he never gives up on us. I'm saying like he doesn't give up on us. That he loves us unconditionally. That God loves you in spite of you. That God loves you even though. And you guys got a lot of even (laughs) those. Even though you keep running away from God. Somebody in here, you need to hear this. You're running from God. You've been running from God. When I say this, your heart starts to race because you know I'm talking to you. You are running from God. I love that God's still running after you. (laughs) He doesn't get tired of chasing you. You go chase all the things of the world and God is still chasing you. That's what I love about God, that he restoreth my soul, that he forgives me, that he brings me back to him. And listen to this, decades, decades after this whole incident, decades. Because Jacob, he stole all that and then he was on the run for decades. He was living in hiding. He was a fugitive for decades, decades. After this, God's still chasing him. God's still working on him. God's still not giving up on him. God's still talking to him. Isn't that awesome? God doesn't give up decades. God hasn't quit on him. And he tells Jake, I want you to go back home and return to your country where you came from. You've been running. You've been hiding for too long. It's time to go back home and return to your roots. And Jacob is afraid because he knows his brother Esau wants to kill him. And this brings me to the text of our sermon today. This is what I'm preaching on. Look at somebody and tell them this is what he's preaching on. Come on, tell somebody this is what he's preaching on. This is what I'm preaching on. I want to read to you Genesis 32, 24 through 29. Hey, Darrison, you ready for this, Darrison? You ready for this? Make it rain, baby. You ready for this? Listen to this. Genesis 32. Then Jacob left. Remember, he's on his way back home. He left all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip, and he wrenched it out of his socket. And the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Verse 27, what is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Verse 28, your name will no longer be Jacob. 
The man told him, from now on, somebody say from now on, from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and you have won. <laughs> Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. The title of my message this morning is from now on, from now on. From now on. I love those three words. From now on. I don't know if y'all know this, but we serve a from now on type of God. I don't know if you understand the power behind what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that you were once defeated, but from now on, you are victorious. That you were living in fear, but from now on, you're courageous. That you were battling anxiety, but from now on, God's peace fills your soul. That you were weighed down with depression, but from now on, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That you were ashamed of yourself, but from now on, you're walking in God's forgiveness. That you used to be bound to sin, but from now on, you're walking in freedom. That you used to be blind, but from now on, you can see because God removes the scales. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, from now on, tell somebody, from now on, from now on, from now on, from now on. Hey, before you're seated, tell somebody you don't even know who they are. Look at them and say, from now on, from now on, things are going to be different. From now on, things are going to be different. From now on, we're going to have some fun from now on. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your message. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everybody that is here today worshiping together online. God, we pray you would bless us. God, we pray that we'd bless you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. 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 How about a round of applause for our worship team? I can't with this thing. What I need you to understand is that Jacob has this encounter with God. Have you ever had an encounter with God? Like, I mean, like an encounter with God, like he's wrestling with God. He, he, he's holding on to God. God's holding on to Jacob. This is going on all night. This is an encounter. This isn't, oh, I went to church and I sat through a 60 minute service. This is an encounter with God. This is where God gets a hold of you. And this is where you get a hold of God. And let me tell you something. When God gets a hold of you and when you get a hold of God, your life will never be the same. Your life will be blessed. It will be blessed. And Jacob is saying, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Today, I just want to give you three huge, enormous things that God blesses you with when you get a hold of God. When God gets a hold of you. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down, is that God blesses me with a new identity. I want you to know that you're not, you're not your past. That's good news. That's really good news for some of you. You're not your past. You're not, you're not your past. When you come to God, he gives you a new identity. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? God says, what is your name? 
Jacob. Your name will no longer be called Jacob. The man told him, from now on, you will be called what? Israel. Jacob, what is your name? Listen, I got news for you. If God asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He already knows his name is Jacob. He's not saying, Jacob, nice to meet you. I had no idea. No, God already knows. It's far deeper than that. See, in Bible times, names had rich meaning and significance. It wasn't like today where we like name, you know, things that we think sound cool or or trendy, you know. And I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, you got the really boring, bland white people naming their kids stuff. Tim. (laughs) Tom. Bob. Bill. Jack. John. They're getting crazy now. John. You know, and then thank God for the black community. They help us and keep us with our community. You know, they got Laquisha. And Shania and you know, you have, you have, you just right, but like we, we just name names because a lot of times it sounds good. I got some, some goat hair on my face. We, a lot of times could sound, or maybe your uncle was Bob. Your great uncle was Bob. His uncle was Bob. They've been Bob since right about Jesus's time. So everybody in your bloodline is Bob. We don't even know why. We just got to keep it in the family. We got to keep it in the family. Got to keep it in the family. Like why? It doesn't mean anything. Well, we have to grandpa did and his grandpa did and his grandpa did in bible times names were so rich with significant and 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 they're tied to their purpose they're tied to their identity they're tied to their futures Our, our worship leader daniel don't you love daniel daniel's so 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 anointed you know dan dan daniel's children are named dream and legacy Tell me that's not fire, right? I love that because it's like prophetic. And some of y'all name your kids and it's pathetic. But for Daniel, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just picking on him. I told you I like to trash talk. No, that's just my thing. But, but Jacob, what is your name? He's saying, who are you? Who are you? Who have you been? What's your character? What's your reputation? Who are you? You know, the, the name Jacob, for those two Jacobs in here, the name Jacob in Hebrew, it fit who Jacob was. The name in Hebrew, it meant supplanter or deceiver, deception, right? Supplanter is like someone who's trying to take the place of someone else. I'm trying to steal your place. The Bible says that Jacob was born second and he had a hold of Esau's heel. It's almost like in the womb, they were jockeying for position. And it wasn't position of, hey, I was born first, I'm older than you. It was jockeying for position because of this inheritance. And so he says, what is your name? Jacob, from now on. You will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. From now on, you will no longer be called by your past. I am going to call you by your future. And I am going to call you Israel. And the name Israel means prince with God. 
You are royalty. You are my prince. I call you royalty and impact family. God says to you today, I know who you used to be. But from now on, he says, I know how you used to think. But from now on, I know how you used to act. But from now on, you are royalty. You are my prince. You are my princesses. You are my royalty. This is what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. I'm not who I used to be. You're not who you used to be. God gives you a new identity. Listen, God gives you a brand new new identity. When you come to God, you have a new identity. You are not the same. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Maybe you've heard this verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if they're in Christ, what he is a new creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That means every sin you've ever committed. Are you understanding the magnitude of what this means? Every sin you've ever committed, every failure you've ever failed at as a human being, every, every transgress, everything you've ever done that is against God's word. He says, I not only forgive it, but I forget it. (laughs) The Bible says that he, he throws, he tosses our transgressions into the depths of the sea. The Bible says that he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. What I'm telling you is I don't know anybody like that other than God. Everybody I know tries to dangle your crap in front of you and go, yeah, but remember this? Yeah, but remember that? Yeah, but remember when you said this? Remember when you did that? Remember when you hurt me? And God says, I don't remember any of it. So stop bringing it up because you are new. You are a new identity and you have a fresh, a fresh, fresh, clean slate. It's unconditional love. Love with No conditions, no strings attached. And he calls you royalty. Number two, when God gets a hold of you, when you really get a hold of God, from now on, God blesses me with a new future. Oh, this one's big. This one's big. This is not my favorite one, but it's my favorite one right now. You're no longer going to be called Jacob. From now on, you'll be called Israel. Y'all know this is a big deal. This is far bigger deal than a name change. This isn't like a nickname. You understand that? This is far bigger than a nickname. It's not a nickname. It's not like a street name. Is he? Oh. <laughs> when I was a teenager... I grew up playing basketball in West Phoenix at a park 
called Chicken Park. Some of you have heard this story. I was the only white kid. And my favorite college basketball team was the Georgetown Hoyas. Because I was determined to be the first white kid to play on the Georgetown Hoyas. Right? Didn't happen, by the way. And so I would go to Chicken Park with my Georgetown jersey on, Alonzo Morning. And I would play at Chicken Park. And my friends started calling me Zoe. That was my street name. <laughs> Zoe. I got Zoe. He on my team. I got Zoe. I got Zoe. Zoe, Zoe, pass me the ball. Zoe, Zoe. I became Zoe. <laughs> it became so much a part of me <laughs> that I ordered and subscribed to ESPN Magazine as Alonzo Hearn. (laughs) My mom checked the mail. And she comes walking into my bedroom and she's like, Travis, (laughs) I have a question for you. Yeah, mom. Who is Alonzo Hearn? Oh, that's me, mama. That's mine. That's my street name. She's like, what? So all the guys at the park call me, Zope. (laughs) She just laughed. She's like, well, I named you Travis. Yeah, but mom, have you ever met a pro basketball player or heard of a pro basketball player, NBA star named Travis? (laughs) this is not a nickname for Jacob this is so much more significant see God was saying this is actually about a promise that I made to your grandfather Abraham this isn't even only about you this is about an entire nation and it's not just about a nation it's about God's special nation and it's not even just about God's special nation Israel that would one day become the holy land this is going to be the birthplace of the Messiah the place where he dies the place where he rises again from the dead and he is the savior of the world you will be called Israel Woo. Jacob, I know what you used to be, but I'm calling you by what you're going to become. With God, you get a new future, a brand new future, a, a, a brand new identity. And Mike, it's not just about you. The new identity and the new future It's about your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. It's about bloodline. It's about generations to come. It's about God saying, I am going to bless your bloodline for generations to come. If you will get right with me, if you will grab a hold of me and not let go. And everybody talk about generational curses, but I'm talking about generational blessings. God says, forget about your past. Look at somebody and tell them you need to do that. Forget about your past. Forget about your past. I'm calling you to your your future. 
Isaiah 43. It says, forget the former things. That's your past. Forget the former things. Don't dwell. We tend to dwell, don't we? See, I'm doing a new thing. That's what we dwell on. See, I'm doing a new thing. That's what we dwell on. That's what we put our focus on. That's what we put our mind on. That's what we put our attention on. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. Streams in the wasteland. From now on, I'm going to bless you. Impact church with a new future. I'm going to, from now on, I'm going to bless you with a new identity and a new future. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you Hope and a future, hope and a future, hope and a future, hope and a future. Listen, somebody here today, you feel hopeless. I know what that feeling feels like. That's not of God. He gives you hope. There's always hope with God. There's always hope with Christ Jesus. There's always hope. There's hope for your situation. There's hope for your healing. There's hope for your heart. There's hope for your mind. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your child. There's hope for your child. And you're not defined by your past. You're refined by your past. And you will never, no longer be known by your past. You will no longer be known by that failure. You will no longer be known as, oh, he's an addict. Oh, she's an addict. You will no longer be known as cheater. You will no longer be known as liar. Because he says, you're royalty. You're my prince. You're my princess. I am the king and you are my daughter. I am the king and you are my son. And I have big plans for your future. And I have big plans that offer hope. And blessing. So from now on, you will be called Israel. And you know, to me, the most amazing thing about this story is that in spite of our past, God blesses our future. Because I've thought did Esau not deserve? That blessing, we read about the deception and the cheating of Jacob, not Esau. But Jacob is the one that God chose. His bloodline. Which I don't know if you guys are feeling it the way I'm feeling it. But that means that's good news for me. That God will bless my future in spite of my past. Because listen, you know your past. Person next to you may not. Probably doesn't. But you do. And if you were to pile up on stage everything that you've done that was against God. It would be horrifying. And God's like, we're not doing that. 
I forgave it and I forgot it. So you need to do the same. And number three, this is my favorite one. When you really get a hold of God, when God really gets a hold of you, from now on, God blesses me in my brokenness. God, I will not let go unless you bless me. I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Crack. You want my blessing? There's a broken hip. And he wrenches his hip out of his socket. From now on, Jacob... You shall be blessed with a limp. (laughs) And he broke him. And we don't think of God like that. We only think of God as putting us back together. He broke him. Why would God break him? Because the best blessings of God Always come through our brokenness. Always. We usually think our brokenness of it's a curse. We look at our brokenness with shame or regret or discouragement. We we even feel sorry for ourselves about our brokenness. Why me? But the real blessings are in your brokenness. And see, God wants to bless you in your brokenness and through your brokenness. The craziest thought is that he wants to use your brokenness to put other people back together. He he, he touches Jacob's hip and he wrenches it out of his socket. The brokenness is a blessing. Why is it a blessing? I'm going to give you three whys. There's probably hundreds, but here's three whys. Why number one? Because that limp keeps you humble, baby. (laughs) That limp's out in front of everybody. Everybody can see it. Man, dude, what's up? What's wrong with you? Let me tell you, I done wrestled with the most high God and he broke my hip. (laughs) It keeps me humble, man. Brokenness keeps us humble. We all need to be humble. We need that daily dose of humility. And you can either be humble or you will be humbled. Man, I got this limp. I'm not so amazing after all. I'm not so great after all. All the money in the world can't fix this limp. All the power in the world can't fix this limp. The highest position on planet earth can't fix this limp. I mean, you've seen Biden falling down the stairs on the airplane. 
the most powerful person in the world. I can't fix his limb. <laughs> the way I grew up, you used to be able to poke fun at the presidents of the United States. It's only been to the last four years. Like you can't do that with the presidents anymore. Otherwise it's like war from the enemy, whatever side you're on. I still think it's fun. The second thing is that this limp, it, it, it keeps me dependent on God. It keeps me humble and it keeps me dependent on God. God, I got this limp and, and, and I'm going to need your help. God, I, I got this, I got this limp and, and I, I'm going to need to depend on you with everything in me. I can't do this without you. Do you guys know that I'm in this? Moment in my life where I've got this limp and I say, God, I can't do it if you don't do it. If you don't do it, it's not getting done. And so I've got this dependency, this dependency. God, I'm completely dependent on you. Do you remember when Paul said, I've got this thorn in my flesh? I want to read it to you. Second Corinthians 12. Look what it says. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming what? I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, this thorn is about humility. It's to keep me humble. This thorn is to keep me dependent. His grace is sufficient. The Bible doesn't say God removed the thorn. He didn't remove the thorn. He said, Paul, my grace is what you need. My grace is sufficient for you. God, I need a miracle today. God, please take this away from me. God, the miracle is not about what I take out of you. It's about what I put inside of you. It is a miracle of dependency. Dependency. And the third thing is that limp, that limp. It gives me a story about God's glory. That's called a testimony. There are so many times in life where God does something miraculous in our lives and we tell people about it for a little while. Y'all going to have to get sick and tired of me talking about my stroke and brain aneurysm because that's now part of me forever. There's so many times when God does something and it's so great and it's so amazing. And we're like, oh, wow, God did this. And then a month later, two months later, we tend to forget about it. Out of sight, out of mind. You can't do that with a limp. Because everybody sees it. Always. It's always there. It's always in the front. It's always out in front of everybody. 
I, I don't want people to know. I don't want people to know I was addicted to drugs. I don't want people to know that I was an alcoholic. I don't want people to know that I was a stripper. I don't want people to know that I was a prostitute. I don't want people to know that I did time in jail or what I did it for. I don't want people. I, I don't want people to know that I, uh, that I cheated. I don't want people to know. Well, guess what? There's no power in a testimony that's hidden. You can't hide a limp. Everybody sees it. So guess what? I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to shout about it. I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to cry about it. I'm going to write books about it. I'm going to write songs about it. I'm going to post posts about it. I'm going to dance about it. I'm going to praise about it. Because it's a story about God's glory. Some of you today, you got a limp because you've been broken and you've been limping through life. And I have several limps. But it's kind of like a spiritual gangster limp. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like... <laughs> Because I got this limp, but I got this Lord who's the Lord over the limp. And I might be limping through some fear, but my faith is greater. And I might be limping through a separation, but God is still with me. And I might be limping through some loneliness, but God will never leave me or forsake me. And I might be limping through some addiction, but I know who the sun sets free is free indeed. I might be limping through some brokenness today, but the Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's close to the brokenhearted. Anybody thankful that he's close to the brokenhearted? He's close to the brokenhearted. And you, you can sit down. Let me just finish with this. Because this is too good to leave out. See, the Bible says that Jacob limps his way back home. He's terrified of Esau because the last he knew, Esau wanted him dead. And so he doesn't want to see his brother. He's afraid of seeing his brother. But I love this and I want, I want, I want to put this final verse up. Because as Jacob walks in town. It says, but Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck kissed him 
and they wept. That's what God does for us. It's unconditional love. Father, we pray today. We come before you, God, today. Lord, broken. With so many problems. So much brokenness in our lives. But we know that you're close to the brokenhearted and that you save those who are crushed in spirit. God, we want to live inside of the encounter. We want to grab hold of you and never let go. God, we want to grab hold of you and not let go. God, we want you to grab a hold of us and never let go. Family, if you're here today and you've never reached out to grab a hold of Jesus Christ, You've never reached out. You're not a Christian today that you know of. You're not sure. This is your encounter with God. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you, to die for me, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your hearts and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. This is your encounter. This is your moment to say, God, I surrender. I acknowledge you as my savior. I'm grabbing a hold of you today and I'm not going to let go. If that's you today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just lift your hand so I can see it? If that's you today. I'm grabbing hold of you, God. I'm not letting go. I'm not going back to that past. I'm a brand new creation with a new identity. I want you to pray this prayer everybody just pray this out loud dear Jesus today I grab a hold of you thank you for grabbing me I want to live for you and live in your power and live in your presence thank you for unconditional love And for those of you today that you just feel broken, I want you to know that God sees your heart. God sees your situation. And it might be broken today.
But God takes our brokenness. Sometimes he breaks it even further. Because he wants to rebuild you in wholeness. So there is blessing in our brokenness. Surrender it to God. God, you see my heart. It is broken. God, you see I'm crushed. God, you see my marriage is broken. God, you see my child. They are lost and it's broken. God, you see my addiction. I'm broken. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Never forget, ever forget that God is with you. Never forget that God is close to you. Never forget that he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He saves, he saves, he saves. God, I ask you, God, to move in a mighty way, God, today, throughout our church family today. God, that you take the broken. God, that you bind up their wounds, Father God. God, you bind us, bind up our wounds. God, the Bible says in Isaiah that by your stripes, we are healed. God, we claim that verse. By your stripes, we are healed. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit www.impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.